when my boys were little and they were in trouble, I would tell them to come and stand on my X and I would draw an X right in front of me. Um, and uh, I did that so that if I ever wanted to just kind of reach out and grab them, uh, they were right there. And so I decided to come down here in front of you uh, today to share with you um, some stuff. And, and I love how Scott said it, and I know I have a loud voice. Uh, my wife's more than glad to help me understand how I could be a better preacher. And uh, two things that she loves to always remind me is don't yell and slow down. Those are the most common don't yell and slow down. Don't yell and slow down. Um, but uh, t today I'm pretty excited about sharing with you, and I don't mind even speaking loudly and close if necessary. Um, but I really do want God to be the loudest. I want you to hear him through me. And wherever I speak and he's not the one behind it, I, I really pray you ignore it. <laughs> like I really pray that you are even able to decipher and to kind of work through, to discern um, where Jim is speaking and the Holy Spirit is not. And I, I hope I don't ever get it completely wrong, but he is so much bigger than me. Um, the word that I preach from is just so much bigger than me. It's so much bigger than us. And what we thought we would do today, and we've been doing this now for a number of years, it really is kind of amazing for me to just stop and to think about how many years um, our family has been here. Uh, Stillwater is an interesting town. Uh, it seems like almost everybody I meet has pretty strong opinions about it. It's usually not, eh. It's usually, ah, oh, this is heaven. Hello. When Jesus Christ comes back, it's going, literally, it's like, this is a great place, right? I mean, some people just can't leave. They leave and then they come back because they love it so much. And then, I, I mean, I hate to break the, the bubble. For those, how many of you love Stillwater? Stillwater Strong, Go Cowboys, all that stuff, right? Okay, so you get it, but there really are. There are some people that are going, I'm having a hard time fitting in. Um, I don't kind of share the same interests, and so it's not quite as exciting. I feel like somehow I'm not being loyal, you know? And so I meet all of that, and it's interesting. Andrew and I have been here now for, for, for longer than I thought. Uh, even though I wanted to, to really believe that this would be a place where we would settle down, I just knew myself really well. Um, my wife lived in the same house until we got married. So lived in one house. Uh, and that's kind of how she is. And she loves to settle down and then just drive the roots in deep, okay? Um, any of you like that? Just love, yeah, like just, just I will never move, you know? Uh, myself, on the other hand, I grew up with my dad in the military. Uh, so about every three or four years, I would literally have this, I think I need to move now. I think I need to change absolutely everything. And I love new jobs. I love meeting new people. And so it was really interesting when we came here. And even though we really did, we had in our minds that we wanted to make this kind of a long-term ministry, um, I was kind of pleased and even excited about how much Sunnybrook has become an absolute joy to our family, an absolute joy to be a part of. And, uh, and so now it's, it's been a long time. I've, I've preached a number of uh, vision start of the year type messages. And uh, what, what, the reason why we do this actually is because it is good for us to stop and to go back, to pull back the curtain so that every one of us understands like why we're here. Like what this is all about. I think it's even good. I actually like to pull back the curtain and say, listen, this is like in our ministry meetings and in our staff meetings, which by the way, you want to come, you're welcome actually. 
would love for you to see like how we pray and how we think and what really um, drives us and, and when we get on our knees and pray and what, what is it really about? Like what are we trying, have you ever wondered, hey, what are those guys at Sunnybrook trying to do? Right? I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, uh, somebody called one day and they uh, kind of made the comment. They said, hey, you know, um, I was just talking to my husband and we had some concerns about the church. And, and I, I responded back. I said, great, because we've got some concerns about you. So why don't you come and we can talk. And uh, we really did. We had a great conversation. But we get, I mean, these con- this, is, this is life, right? Like this is family, right? And it's really good to say, hey, let's talk about like what it is we're about, like what it is that actually drives us, like, like where do we go? And, and, and here's what happens is that the time just gets away from us. I mean, anybody else just going, it's 2016, that's crazy, that doesn't even make sense to me, you know? Um, looking back, whenever I have to like put my age in something and I have to now go scan, scan you know, you're flipping through it, going, hold on, I was born in the 60s. Like, you know, Abraham Lincoln died in the 60s. Are we, was that the same century? You know, I just, I feel like this is getting so old for me and you're just kind of, the years keep flying by, right? And, and another year is gone. But it wasn't like a generic year. It was a year that brought some very real emotions and some very real thoughts with it, wasn't it? Like for a number of us, we said goodbye to a loved one. And we didn't want to say goodbye. Like they're gone forever. Until we see them again, but they're gone. I mean, I mean, thank you very much, Pastor, for telling me about when Jesus Christ comes back. But right now, I just have this hole inside of me. I just, I feel like something is deeply missing, right? And that's kind of looking back at the year. It wasn't a generic year. It was a very real year. Um, it's always, we, I, I pray specifically a lot. We do as a staff. We pray a lot for our marriages, because it's, it's, it's uh, I guess, to be expected, but I don't want to expect it. Like, I don't want to just give in, but just some marriages don't make it through the year. And it just breaks our hearts. And, and, and we don't even know who they all are going to be, do we? We don't know. It just hurts. Some of us, though, um, look back on 2015 and say, yeah, I, I mean, I know that it's been hard for some, but it was, like, great for me. <laughs> I finally found the job, which right now, I know it might change next year, but right now it seems to be the dream job. Like, I mean, I, actually, I got married. <laughs> like, I feel sorry for those that lost a relationship, but I'm excited about what is in front of me. And, and I know that there were some that said goodbye, but actually, I said hello for the first time to my daughter. And, and she is beautiful. And I know she's really little, and I know it's going to get more complicated, but right now I'm just really excited about getting to know her and just seeing her grow. And this is new to me, and I'm really excited about 2016 because of how good God has been to me in 2015. And so when we look back, and, and honestly, probably for every single one of us, we can list a number of things that were painful and a number of things that were wonderful. I, I try to slow down when someone asks, how are you doing? and try to give a very real response. And I always usually, always usually, I usually get to good. Sometimes I just have to think longer before I say that. Because I'm counting all the difficult things. And then as I count them, I remember what God's doing. I'm good. Just took me longer to get to there, you know? Because the year that has passed is now gone, but now there is another year in front of us. There is a year to be. And, and I want you to consider, just, I want you to consider that as a gift from God. 
I don't want you to just go, oh yeah, like my wife and I, we went to bed 10.30ish on New Year's Eve. You know, you kind of look at the kids, hey, tell you what, if something really big happens in New York, let me know. Uh, or somewhere else in the world, but I mean, we're going to bed. And it really did seem a lot like every other day. Good night, I woke up, happy New Year, sweetheart, but it's fine, right? I mean, I wasn't just, oh, waiting and waiting and waiting for, and, oh, it just feels so different, it's 2016. No, but this new year actually is, think about it, is a gift. Like what Scott said and what Steve Carpenter said this morning is they're preparing our hearts for worship. And as we're worshiping, I mean, some of the statements that were made were were things like, you know, Jesus Christ didn't come back in 2015. We know that for sure. He might be coming back in 2016. Therefore, God has a plan, right? Like for those of us that believe, and I'm one of them, for those of us that believe that Jesus Christ one day will return, the fact that he's not back now means that he's giving us something. Time. For a reason. God, oh, I forgot to go back. I went to go back. I just forgot. No, there is some intentionality here. Therefore, I, I don't know how long, but let's just for the sake of this morning assume we get 2016. We get it as a gift from him. And it'll have very similar, most likely, ups and downs like every other year that we've had. But it's still this incredible gift that God has given us 2016. It is still in front of us. And I just want to right now just stop and say, how do we intentionally reflect on what God is ultimately doing? You can't reflect all the time. You gotta go to work and you gotta make supper and you gotta wash the dishes and you gotta, you know, you gotta do all the, the regular stuff. But when do you ever just stop and listen and reflect on what God might be doing? So here's what I wanna do this morning is I just wanna remind you of what Jesus Christ has already said about who we are as a church and kind of underline those critical, the most important parts so that when you're thinking about life and when you're thinking about life in this fellowship, that you're at least aware of who we are and where we're going. Like what 2016, we believe as a leadership, is all about. And let's just do our best to kind of take any question or confusion looking at the big ideas off the table. I talked about how many of you love to kind of nail down and, and stay where you are and how many of you love new things, but that also is actually a kind of good way of looking at um, kind of how we look at life. There are some of us who just love tradition and doing the, the same thing over and over and over and over again. I, I find peace and I find security in doing the same thing over and over and over again. By the way, that's a biblical idea. I know we call it tradition. And and traditions are beautiful. They're complicated, but they really are intended to be beautiful. The Bible calls us to remember things. The Bible actually describes them this way, the ancient paths. The ancient paths. For example, somebody who loves the ancient paths, somebody who loves the way things were, um, would would, would really get frustrated and maybe even complain and and label some of the problems that we experience today on, on people, young or old, usually young, people who have forgotten their way. Things are different today. What's kind of weird is I get like 20 year olds now talking about how things have changed. And I'm going, you're 20, really? 
So it doesn't even matter. It's not just those who are in their 60s or 70s. It's, man, the youth of today, you're a sophomore in college. What do you mean the youth of today? But there are those of us that kind of really find value and structure and substance in the ancient past. By the way, it's a biblical idea. The Bible calls us to remember the ancient paths, the old way of doing things, and it describes it as a beautiful thing. Jeremiah chapter six, if you have your Bibles, you can underline this and show it to your children and your grandchildren um, as they struggle with uh, kind of their way in the world. Jeremiah six, now in the context, because we gotta always remember, we just wanna rip these verses out. Jeremiah six, the prophet Jeremiah has been sent to the people of God because they've forgotten their way. They've lost their way. And God doesn't come along and say, hey, listen, like things aren't working out and I got something new for you. I mean, you didn't like the way things were, I got something new for you. That's not what we see at all. Actually, Jeremiah the prophet, is, the, the, the prophets were called to come and to challenge people's thinking and to draw them back to the ancient way of doing things, the way that God told them to do things. So Jeremiah chapter six, focus on verse 16. Here is what it says. Thus saith the Lord, or Yahweh, stand by the roads and look and ask for ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. In Jeremiah six, he's God's reminding them that, listen, I, I, I'm not just kind of haphazardly, God speaking, I'm not haphazardly going through life. Like I can be trusted and when you look for me, make sure you look in the right area because what I'm doing has been already told to you. I've already described to you who I am. I've already described to you how to please me. I've already described to you the way life is. I've already described these things to you and you've forgotten them. You've decided to go in your own direction. You decided to walk down your old path. The problem, he says, to a nation that is crumbling and to a nation that is struggling, and, and I, I would believe that probably at every level, individuals, marriages, families, communities, lost, struggling, and God says, listen, like, don't look for something new. Remember the old. Remember the old way. Remember the fact that I've already revealed this to you because some people just keep chasing for something new to try to recreate a feeling that's long gone and you just can't get there from here. Not that way. What do you do? You remember, the, and particularly Jeremiah saying, like remember God's promises, remember God's covenant, remember what God has already said. And it's good for us as a church to stop and say, although the year might be new, our God isn't. Like, I, the good news is we're not having staff meeting tomorrow morning and hey guys, it's 2016, what do you guys feel like doing? Let's vote on this one. No, the good news is the ancient paths have already been set for us. And so, again, to be clear, our direction as a church has been already set for us by Jesus' command. So even outside of Jeremiah the prophet speaking, we actually see that God, that his son Jesus Christ, already speaks commands, already sets direction for who we are as a church. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful as a pastor, I'm grateful just as a believer that what, what we're going to do in 2016 should be not different than what anybody else is doing, any other church is doing. 
And when we are obeying the truth that Jesus Christ has already given us a command, a, a, a central command that we see over and over and over again in his teaching, and we, we talk about it this way, that without a shadow of a doubt, our direction is set, and we are a church that is serious about being a disciple-oriented church, which doesn't mean we're inwardly focused. That is such a bad explanation of what it means to make disciples. No, we believe that Jesus Christ calls his people to be about making disciples who make disciples. That's Matthew 28. That's Acts 1. That's what the Apostle Paul is all about. It's not inwardly focused. No, because what? We're God-focused. We're, we're more other-centered than just ourselves, but with the reason why we do this is because Jesus Christ said, listen, I'm not asking for a vote here. This is what it means to be a follower of me. I want you to go and I want you to make disciples. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, make disciples of all nations. I want you to hear that. For those that want to get into the debate about should we be focused in Stillwater or around the world, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Don't ever try to pit one place against another because God is God of it all. And for those of us that want to get stuck in any location, out there or in here, if you're stuck in a location, you don't get God. Jesus Christ says, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, now how do we do that? He says, by teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, and we take that command and we consider it to be paramount to understand who we are. And so as we pray and as we try to discern what God wants for us in 2015 and 2014, now in 2016, like this one doesn't change. Like we're not allowed to go, hey, by the way, that thing that Jesus said a long time ago, I think we're done with that. No, I mean, we're, we're never going to be done with that actually. Like it's ancient, it's old, it can be trusted. Like you, you can walk in here at any moment and realize that although we might do it in different ways, what we are about is each and every one of us recognizing that God is real and that God loves us and that we have to respond to him and then we are called to grow in our faith so that God might be glorified with our lives. That's what God has been about from the very beginning. That his creation would know him and respond to him and find redemption and restoration, and that is what we are about, because we are followers of Jesus Christ, and so we take his instruction seriously. See, because here's what can happen, is that when the time just kind of comes and goes and slips away, how many of you feel like 2015 just slipped away, right? Where did it go? I, I bet you, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us can say, if I were to ask you, like if you were to compare January 1, 2015 and January 1, 2016, are you better off financially, yes or no? And I would say the majority of us in this room could say yes or no. Well, how, how would you know? Well, I just looked at the, I just have an, I have an idea. Like I know, I know how much I make, I know how much I've got saved, I know how much I've got invested. I just know. Why? Because that stuff matters, right? Next week, when we kind of get flooded with college students, I can ask him, hey, January 1st, 2015, January 1st, 2016, are you educationally advanced? Have you moved on? Not all of them can say yes, right? Because they'd be lying. 
But you can know, right? Like you can know whether or not you're still a freshman or still a sophomore or an eighth year senior or whatever, right? I mean, you can know. For the kids who are younger, you can know whether or not you're in the eighth grade or ninth grade or 10th grade. You know that, hey, next year I plan to be, like I'm advancing. How do you know? Because it matters. I take my schooling seriously. I would even say most of us would know whether or not like relationally we're doing well. How's your marriage? I know not all of you are married, but some of you are. January 1st, 2015, January 1st, 2016. Things better? Not so good? See, we, we know about the things that matter the most to us. We, we, we take a look, we, we evaluate, even though it might be more of a, I kind of think Andrea and I are doing better. At least I think we're doing better. She doesn't think so, but I'm happy, right? We, we have some, but if I were to ask you, January 1st, 2015, January 1st, 2016, like, are you more like Jesus? And, 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 and by the way, how did you get there? How did you get from where you were in Christ to where you are in Christ? Oh, I, I guess I went to church. Did you ever engage, like, in his word? Did you ever actually engage missionally? Did you ever actually make yourself vulnerable in community? Did you ever actually focus on some truths about God and put them into practice, the embodiment of biblical truth, living it out? Well, kind of, I guess. There was a sermon you preached in September that I thought wasn't bad. And I remember kind of going home and saying, hey, honey, we should probably do that more. And then we had pizza. That was good. And then there was football. That was awesome. And then And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, well, what you need is a carefully, some of you will like this, but a carefully detailed plan in order to take all the biblical principles and put them into practice. Some of you are going, that sounds like fun. And others are going, ah, it should be more organic. Listen, this is why I'm really grateful for, and if you don't know the story, we actually stole it from our youth department. Our youth had this on the kind of the area right outside here and you look in our lobby, they had on their side, go gather and grow. And we didn't have it kind of as our church motto, but the more that we kept looking at it, how do we challenge our people? How do we explain what we're doing to our new people? And then finally went, I really like that go gather and grow thing. Like it really explains, I don't have to go back and wonder if Jesus is saying, I, I don't know if you should go or not. Like I don't know if you should serve others or not. I'm still kind of in the air on that one. Some of you should actually serve others, but the rest of you can just, just do what you want to do. No, like Jesus makes it clear. And that's why we, we love to say, hey, one of the ways that you can know whether or not you're becoming more like Jesus is whether or not your life is spent in service to others for the glory of God. Literally coming alongside and serving others and submitting to others and loving others and caring for others. That you are actually not just around you, but you are actually missionally living in your community and around the world, and that you are somebody who goes. That's what Jesus Christ calls us to do. Every one of us, not pastors, not just elders, not just church leaders, every one of us, if we're a follower of his, we are on missional, we live missionally. 
I love the fact that without any hesitation, I can say, listen, God never designed you to live by yourself, and God never designed your family to live secluded amongst themselves, but God has given us biblical community, and we are called to engage in it, and I know it's messy, and I know it's hard. I know it's demanding. I know you have other things you'd rather do. I get it. But Jesus Christ says, I want you to love one another and care for one another and admonish one another. I want you to speak truth to one another. But it's so hard. I know. So is life. And we can know whether or not we become more like Jesus Christ when we engage in biblical community, not just for what we can get out of it, but how we can glorify God in the middle of the mess. And I love the fact that I have no hesitation to say, hey, as a church, like we are about growing in our understanding of who God is and being obedient to that. Like we need to grow. We, we need to actually become more like Jesus Christ. And that as the years go by, and let me tell you, I'm not here to scold you because you guys are failing. By far and away, there's far more joy and excitement, as if I can speak on behalf of the leadership, about many of you who are truly doing this, who are truly being involved missionally in your communities, in your families, and around the world, who are truly entering into the messy part of biblical community, and it's tough, and you're staying with it. You're not just kind of looking back at, the buff, at a spiritual buffet to take. Instead, you're involved. And you're growing in your understanding of who Jesus Christ is. That you understand it's not just about reading the Bible, but it is about the Bible being planted inside of your heart and in your mind. And you think more like Jesus than ever before. There are many of you that I look at that I am so excited about what God is doing in and through you. And this isn't magic. It's, it's not even just Drew and Ryan's brainchild. This is Jesus and it's not going to change. We're not going to give up on going, gathering, and growing together. We're not going to give up on challenging one another and calling one another to be more responsive to God in this way. And the other thing I just have to say, and it's not because they asked me to, it's because I believe it. And maybe I'm a little more emotional right now because um, the last of our biological children, but not the last of our children, is going to be leaving this year. But Andrea and I are on the verge of kind of being almost empty nesters. And I love to be um, as intentional as I can in at least thinking about maybe how I could have done a better job with my kids. We call it orange. It's when the church and families come together and we recognize this, that the best people to speak to you people oh yeah, I'm not just talking about youth, but the best people to like talk to other people usually comes in like family relationships. And that we're not here to disciple your children and your grandchildren so that you can just do your own study and then we kind of go in our own directions. But we actually believe that moms and dads, that grandparents are the best to disciple their own children and it's not just to be left to the experts. Here's a scary thought, right? That Andrea and I didn't just hand off our kids to the youth department, to the children's department. Julie will do a great job. I mean, even if Julie did a great job, like that was our responsibility. We're not gonna change that. That's an ancient path. That's Deuteronomy 6. 
God saying, hey, moms and dads, speak to your kids about me all the time. How many of you, when you go back, especially for those of you, I'm praying for those of you that especially have like younger children right now. Like, do you realize, do you realize, just kind of add up the number of hours you will challenge your kids to do their homework, where you will teach them to hit a ball or throw a ball or sink a ball or whatever, where you will actually teach them to just manage the most important things in life, like how to shop online. And yet you've never really had a spiritual conversation with them. And that even when they began to ask about what it meant to have a faith in Jesus Christ, that you kind of handed that off at some level to an expert. Like the ancient path is definitely one where where the church is involved, but it's not bring us your kids and then we'll raise them up and we'll give them back to you. It's no, it's we're involved like as a community and we're here to help you help them. That I might know more than you, but you're still the best one to speak to your kids about God. And that's why it's important that you know him and that you're embodying what biblical truth is really all about. And we wanna help you with that. We don't want you to quit on that. We don't want you to give up. I'm not here to go, wow, I can't believe I wasted 2015 with my kids. No, I could have done better myself. But the real truth is, is that God has given us 2016. Remember, it's a gift. So God obviously wants me to invest in my kids, and I love this. I always think of Scott when I think of this, and I know he took it from somewhere else, but the reminder that even though when our kids leave us, it might seem like they are gone, but they're not gone. Like there's still conversations that we can have with them about how they're doing. Even though I've got two sons that are off on their own, I still can have real conversations about how are you doing, son? I know it changes. I can't, now Matthew, come here and stand on my ex. He's got a bigger beard than I have. It's just weird. But I can say, hey son, I want to talk to you about your relationship with God. I want to make sure that you're not just mailing it in. Like I know you're going to church, but really that's not, he knows this, that's not what God has called him to do. Go regularly to church. That is so not what God has called us to. He's called us to so much more. And I just love the reminder that those conversations, whether our kids or whether we are going up or down or sideways spiritually, that we have one another to come alongside and say, we have to have this conversation. And by the Holy Spirit's direction, he is going to lead us. And that path has already been set. We are a church that is intentional about making disciples who then make other disciples. And we're not debating it. Jesus has said it. The other thing that he has just clearly said that I want to talk about this morning for a few moments is this. That our direction has already been set by one of Jesus' commands that we are to be witnesses of and for Jesus. Like again, that's one of those things, that's an ancient path. Jesus says in Acts chapter one, and you will be my witnesses. He says this to the early church leaders, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, ends of the earth, because he knows how far the goodness of him is going to go. And so when we really think about, so what are we called to do and what are we called to be? You know what we're called to be? Witnesses to who he is. I love, there is a peace that comes in that. 
We, we talk about as a church, whenever we're doing our, our Sunnybrook 101 class, and it's, it's fun to think about God's given us another year. We'll have about another four, three or four 101 classes, and there's going to be a number of people, probably over 100 people are going to come and be a part of our fellowship. Um, you know, for kind of for the first time, I want to be a part of this fellowship over this next year. Okay, and just think about that. And I love standing in front of them and saying, listen, this is who we are. We are what we call an E through D church. E stands for evangelism. Discipleship is the D part. See, and what we intentionally believe that in terms of how Jesus describes it, so this is how we're thinking as a leadership, that instead of creating things for people to come to, we are about going and sending like instead of it being Jim, and, and then, you know, then someone else is going to preach, Paul will preach, or Drew will preach, or Ryan will preach, right, or Steve will preach, and, and you can just keep going on about your lives, and, 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 and occasionally, if you could invite a friend to church. Like, I'm not against that at all. I, 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 I think it's great if you're going to invite a friend to church, but we are assuming, kind of in the background, that you are witnessing of and for Jesus Christ in a relationship with them. That you're not just bringing them so that I can speak or someone else can speak and then just do that. And then you can just, you know, you pay for lunch and I bring the Jesus piece. No. We're about being witnesses to who Jesus Christ is. I know that might be intimidating. I know you might say, man, I'm having a hard enough time just tying my own shoes. Like I'm just, I'm having a hard time figuring this out on my own. I know. So maybe 2016 isn't that year that you nail this, but don't let 2016 go by and fail to recognize that Jesus Christ has said, and you will be my witnesses of and for me in this world. You do realize like we are the ambassadors of and for him. That there are a lot of people right now in your life and in my life who don't really believe God exists, who are really doubting if Jesus Christ has any relevancy today. And they're wondering, and we can't be silent. Now listen, like, like we heard this morning, I want God to speak loudest through you. We're not about to win arguments or debates, but we are to stand up and bear witness to that Jesus Christ has died for us and that I am a witness that he has changed my life. What he has done and what he has done in me. And that's an ancient path. And we're not here to debate it. We're not here to wonder, are we going to focus? You know, that's going to be who we are. You know, see, because what, what, what can happen is we are, we're, we're wrestling. We got all these other things that we have to do. We are, are all these things kind of chasing through our minds. The year begins to slip away. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I am right now officially three days behind on my Bible reading for 2016. I don't always read through the Bible in a year, but this is one of those years I'm going to, and I'm going to get to it, like probably tomorrow, maybe this afternoon. But what happens is, is if we don't ever stop and, and just kind of gauge where we're at in being a disciple and making a disciple, like growing as a disciple and being a good witness of who Jesus Christ is, if not, then we just kind of let things slide like so many other things in our lives, we just let things slide. And spiritually thinking, don't we just usually go, 
I think I'm just going to buy bigger pants. Seriously. I'm tired of squeezing into a 33. I'm just going to go for it and just buy 36s and call it good. But spiritually speaking, don't we do that? Like I'm just, I'm going along for the ride. Just going along. Where Jesus Christ has already spoken so clearly in terms of who we are and where we're going. Now, listen, I know the ancient paths are, are, uh, are wonderful and they're biblical. What I'm about to say is not in contradiction to that at all. But God also makes it very clear, and DC Talk helped him out with this. God is also doing a, come on, a what? A new thing. God is doing a new thing. Some of you guys don't even know who DC Talk is, but they were a band back in the whatever. God is doing a new thing. Listen to me, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. This is not in opposition to what I've already said. It actually works alongside of it. God has called us to remember the ancient paths because God is not an idea. He's not a tradition. He is a very real living being. He is the most alive being in the universe. You know that? And God is very real. God says this through Isaiah the prophet, chapter 43, verse 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And the answer is many of us go, no. Like, I don't see it. I don't recognize it. That song that we sang about spirit, come in here and move in me, I was just singing it. I've never really felt it. And if I did, it was a long time ago. It springs forth. Do you perceive it, that God is doing something? Do you you recognize his voice? Do you hear him? He says this, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah 42, Isaiah 43, back into Isaiah 40 is God's promise of this wonderful Messiah. We're, we're, we're in a series about, all about him. But listen, Jesus didn't come proclaiming a new thing that was against the old thing. It was the fulfillment of what that old thing, which was always about God, it was always about his grace, it was always about his plan, it was always about him. And he's saying, and let me tell you where it ultimately ended up, and it's in my son, Jesus Christ. And God is still doing something very real and new. So we're not just gonna be here and celebrate the past. Good It's not all there is. We are also going to be attentive to what God is doing right now and where God is leading us tomorrow. I guess what I'm here to say is this. We are being, present tense, we are being and we will be, future tense, directed by the spirit of God, by the word of God and by the community of faith. Like these things are still speaking to us. And so I want you to realize that as much as we are set in making disciples who make disciples, as much as we are set as being a witness to who Jesus Christ is and what he has done in us, we are still praying for and seeking and and begging God to reveal and and what's 2016 gonna be. And God, please don't let me just buy bigger pants. Like I wanna be so much more Like, I don't want to miss the opportunities that are coming my way. Like, God, reveal yourself. You know, this isn't just wishful thinking because Jesus Christ himself said this in Acts 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. 
Now, I know he was talking to the disciples. I get it. But then the disciples, when they made other disciples, gave them the same promise, and the Holy Spirit will come on you to give you power to move you and to direct you. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, not, this, it, it's not this crazy, I, mean, I can't say you can nail it down, but it's not this, this whimsical, I wonder what God wants, because God speaks in accordance with his word. And for those of you that are wondering, are you talking audibly? Whatever. Just make sure it lines up with scripture. Word of God, people of God, spirit of God work in unison together. But is God an idea to you or is he real and alive and moving? Is he still speaking? I believe that he is. He is still leading and guiding us as an eldership. He is still leading and guiding us as a staff I know so many families right now that he is leading and speaking to. I know so many men and women who are submitting to his onward direction of their lives. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 28, and I will be with you always to the very ends of the age. And I believe that when you look in context of that wonderful gospel, he is talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to do more than, ah, oh, remember that one time we had that conviction and then lunch? Remember that one time we really felt like we needed to and whatever happened to that? I, I, I'm really not here to say you guys need to make a spiritual resolution. But, but I am asking you, are you still interested in following Jesus Christ? And did you realize like that is a very real thing? And it will connect deeply to the ancient paths, but there is something profoundly new that he is doing. This statement came up a number of years ago when we were spending a lot of time as a leadership praying through what we were all about. And I just want to close with this statement. That without any kind of a doubt, what, what kind of links the old and the new, the ancient and the, uh, the, the very present is this. That we believe as a church that it is our responsibility to help you recognize your current spiritual condition and take responsibility, and not that you have all the responsibility, by the way, but to recognize where you're at and to take responsibility for where God is taking you. Again, you probably know where you are financially. You probably know where you are vocationally in terms of your job. You probably know where, I mean, you know all those things. But God is doing this amazing thing. Can you perceive it? Can you recognize maybe just how far you've actually strayed? You know, one of the saddest things that I've experienced in staying in a ministry for a long time is actually watching families with young people get really, really excited and be really, really involved. And then as their kids get older and move on, the parents' faith just begins to diminish. Well, yeah, but that's when the kids were younger, you know, and we had to be involved. But now it's what? Like what? Now oh, it's our time. Hmm. Thought it was his time. Like, don't let 2016 just come and go. I, I know it's, for some of us, going to be an incredible year, maybe the best year ever. For others, it's going to be really, really hard. If you were to ask me, our family's gone through a pretty rough 2015. And when you ask me how things are going, I want to stop for a moment and try to figure it out. Eventually, it's going pretty good. It takes me a while to get there. It's going good. Yeah, but didn't your son? Yeah. And then didn't your sister just get died? Yeah. But I'm telling you, without any hesitation, 
I can say to you, convivial new year. Not a care in the world, new year. Because Jesus Christ has it. Yeah, but you've got all those, I know. Listen, I know, I'm not trying to put my head in the sand, I'm telling you. But Jesus Christ has got it. And I believe, as far as I can tell, it looks like he's going to give us 2016. And I pray that we make the most of it. Not for us, but for him. Because only Jesus Christ can take everything, all of it, and not just make it new, but make it right. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time that you've given us and for the time that awaits And Father, we do not want to speak presumptuously that there's no way you can come back. Maranatha, come anytime you want. I pray that God as a church that we are ready because we could meet you and we have already trusted you with our sin problem. And therefore, may our year be a year devoted and dedicated not to be good people, not to be nice, not to come to church all the time. But God, may those things be an overflow of a life that is right with you. God, I pray you would get our attention, that you would speak louder than anybody. And that, God, we would be able to look back on 2016 and say we are more like Jesus. And that is why we need you to accomplish anything. Thank you for making our direction set. Thank you for breathing new life into our direction. And God, may you continually lead us. May 2016 be a year devoted individually and corporately to your glory to others' benefit. And Father, may it be our greatest joy. In Jesus' name, we humbly pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Don't forget, you got an encounter booth in the lobby. Don't forget, you've got Thursday night at Aspen for the Nicaragua thing. And we love you guys. And we're down here like we always are, wanting to talk to you about Jesus.